0: How's it going everybody this is the nitty-gritty my name is chad with me is leonard this is a show about wrestling and every now and then we will bring you recaps and reviews of some of the more recent events now this will be more of a solo review but leonard is here and he will chime in his thoughts along with me as he sees fit right leonard
1: yes my excuse this time is that it was the first year anniversary of my wife and i getting married so we were saturday we were at the ohio renaissance festival sunday we went out to
0: dinner for our anniversary and monday was labor day and we didn't do anything and that is a wonderful reason to miss out on wrestling absolutely not that i
1: probably would have watched any of these anyway right. unless you would have afford me to
0: right well I I, I I wouldn't do that to you this time uh because there was so much wrestling this weekend but in this video we're just going to go over the WWE's Clash at the Castle. It took place Saturday, September 3rd, 2022, at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. And here on the East Coast, it started at uh, it coverage started at about one o'clock. So it uh, was an odd time a day to watch a wrestling event, and I I did watch it uh, during the day and tried to. Pay the matches that i didn't see right away because i did have other stuff going on i went back and watched um so let's just go over the card here
1: we before have, you say that before you do that i want to say i think it is neat that they're doing more international shows this was the first pay-per-view from britain in what like oh, did they say like 30 years
0: something like that so, yeah it's uh yeah. they don't do it enough and if this the first
1: stadium show i think since SummerSlam 92 out of wembley they right have some what insurrection there, but those were kind of UK exclusive, smaller pay per views that they did during right. the there I think, and such. For but anyway, since since SummerSlam '92, they have a major like stadium type show in England, and I think it's neat. And I would actually like to see them do more shows like that, and not the Saudi shows, of course, but things from maybe Australia, from France, from yeah. to really capitalize on the fact that they are a global wrestling company with fans and followers all around the world and talent that comes from all around the world.
0: Absolutely, I agree and if they needed any more convincing then just look at the crowd at this event Um, you know, 60 plus thousand strong and man, they were hot for almost every single minute of this event and I tell you, it made some of those mediocre matches a lot more entertaining because the crowd was just, they were eating up everything that WWE had Um, and I didn't watch the pre-show matches, but uh, I know there was uh, the uh, tag match on on the pre-show, uh, specifically Mad Cat Moss and the Street Profits uh, against Austin Theory and the Alpha Academy. Um, Mad Cat Moss and the Street Profits won that one. That six-man tag was about six minutes and twenty-nine seconds. Um, so I did not I did not watch that. But the first match on the main card was Bailey. Eos Sky, and Dakota Kai, I uh, believe they're known as Damage Control now, um, against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. And this was basic to me. Nothing really special about it. They, they All the work done here was just fine. Very, you know, workmanlike match. Um, entertaining for what it was at the time. I went three and a quarter stars. I, I believe that might be being a little bit generous, but uh, that's where I went with it. I thought it was fine. Uh, for an opener as far as that goes. And uh, Bailey got the win here, uh, pinning Bianca Belair as was needed to kind of further that feud. I will add this since Bailey has come back from this long injury break. She has looked very tentative in the ring to me. Um, obviously, I don't know how bad the injury was, but it does seem like she's not necessarily the same Bailey this time around. So we'll see if she gets more comfortable. Um the second match for the Intercontinental title was Sheamus versus Gunther. And uh, Gunther comes out reforming Imperium uh, in, in all with all three guys. And this match was awesome. It really, really was. Uh, Gunther or Walter, whatever you want to call him, does really great work in the ring. Sheamus needs a really great opponent in order to give a really good performance. And he has one here. These guys worked really stiff together. You can see that on their bodies and this match to me was really spectacular i wanted to watch this event solely for this match uh because i really hope they continue strapping the rocket to gunther um because he has slimmed down since his nxt uk days he looks like a million bucks and uh you know he won this match and he kind of he retained the intercontinental title so next we have liv morgan Against Shayna Baszler for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. And I gave this one, oh, by the way, the Seamus vs. Gunther match I gave four stars. Um for Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler, uh, I gave it two and three quarter stars. The match was okay for what it was. Uh they're still holding tight on Liv Morgan to, you know, kind of be that underdog champion. And I mean, she's okay. I just don't know how much longer they can get away with her beating these people that so obviously have better skills than she does. Um, it, it, just in terms of a look and a moveset perspective. Um, so this match was what it was. Uh, nothing special for me. Um, after this, Leonard, they had an appearance by Adrian Street. Uh, what? At the event. Yeah, he was there with his manager. Uh, Linda. Miss Linda. Miss Linda. Yeah. They were both there and that was unexpected. And it was really great to see him there. And he didn't talk or anything, mm-hmm. um, but just the fact that they were able to get him there and introduce that name to legions of fans that probably have no idea who he is. No, did he get a pop? A, a, a small pop. Like yeah. there were, there were a section of the crowd that that knew who he was and gave him some respect. Yeah. Um, so after this, we have Edge and the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray against the Judgment Day. Um, actually, I should rephrase. This is just Edge and Ray Mysterio against the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Dominic was at ringside, and Rhea Ripley was also at ringside. Um, so this is just a tag match. It wasn't a six-man match. And I gave this one three and a half stars. Um, you know, pretty good work here all around. Um, you know, Edge and Rey famously were a tag team before. They were tag team champions. They work really well together. Finn Balor and Damian Priest haven't been together as long. Um, You know, I'm not as high on Damian Priest in the ring. I'm just not. I think he's okay. He's not bad by any stretch. But, uh, you know, he he and Finn Balor haven't been together as long. Um, So, yeah, this was a good match. The big story coming out of this match, Leonard, is the fact that Dominic turned heel on Edge and his dad, which – you know, back at WrestleMania, about. I
1: believe, because because you had me watch WrestleMania, that I believe I, I I think it was me that said and you agreed with me that Dominic needs to turn on his dad at some point. Yes, and,
0: and it, it, what kind of made that fast forward was, <laughs> I guess, people having fun online with the images of Rhea Ripley kind of dominating Dominic Mysterio in, in on uh, on on shows. And so I don't know if that was the reason, but he has turned. And as of last night, he is a part of Judgment Day, as far as I know. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there with the storyline. I can see Ree Ripley dominating Dominic in a couple different ways. Yeah. And, you know, this has to be a situation where we miss Eddie Guerrero, right? I mean, can you imagine how gold this program would be? If Eddie was still around, um, yeah, yeah, would, would Eddie, Ed, would Eddie be with Edge and Ray in this? I would think that he would. He and Dominic would be the heel team here. They would
1: turn. They would turn. Okay,
0: that's his real poppy. That's his real poppy. Okay. <laughs> um, the uh, second to last match, we have Matt Riddle re uh, getting his first name back again against seth rollins this was a great match i
1: support first names by the way
0: yes absolutely i do as well when
1: i do these fancy drafts and if i draft one of these one name guys that used to have two names i give him his name back
0: yeah um yeah this this was a a really good match and they did a really good job of building this feud specifically because they took it off the last pay-per-view this match and so it had a little bit longer to build which does wonders um for wwe storylines and this was really good i gave it four and a quarter stars i gave it the edge to gunther and sheamus just by a little bit um, because these guys worked really well together and it was just an excellent entertaining match and i don't think we've seen the last of that feud uh by any stretch so the last match the main event for the undisputed universal title was roman reigns versus drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is his actor. Ma- Drew McIntyre is a great man. <laughs> Drew McIntyre uh, will have a face with Billy Bob Thornton and mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre side by side. We'll make that sure someday. Um, so this match was really long. It was like a, sh- a shade over 30 minutes. And, you nice. know, there was a lot of debate on whether or not they were going to actually take the title off reigns i knew they weren't going to do it here i just knew they weren't going to do it in in wales no offense (laughs) i just i knew if they were going to do it it wasn't going to be here um and so yes roman reigns retained and i I gave this match uh maybe a lower rating than what others would I, i gave it three and a half stars i think that even might be being a little generous i thought this match was a little bit slow in spots. This is 30 minutes with two guys that aren't used to going that long, and it showed because there was a lot of downtime in this match, and I just don't think they work very well together. They work okay together, don't get me wrong, but it's not like, you know, blockbuster crazy main event classic type match. Um, Roman Reigns needs that special opponent still, and uh, Drew McIntyre is very, very good in the ring, but even he's not the type of guy who can go in there and just have a classic with anyone. Um and that's not trying to knock either guy. Uh but uh but yeah, so Roman Reigns won and then awkwardly this this event is fun as it was to watch and it was very fun. It ended in the most weird awkward way possible. Um you have Tyson Fury who was at ringside. Um I should add Austin Theory who also got his first name back. Um came out and was about to cash in the money in the bank uh contract, but Tyson Fury who was at ringside just decided to punch him out and stop him from cashing in so um but then tyson fury gets in the ring after the match is over and uh shakes hands with roman reigns and then you know helps drew mcintyre up you know i guess just because he's a big name there i get that and then he and drew mcintyre uh sing uh as the as the event ends which is uh just odd to me what do they sing they sing american pie (laughs) So, yeah, they sang American Pie. I thought
1: it was going to be like the Welsh National Anthem or something.
0: Well, that Um, might make a little bit of sense. This one, to me, and the crowd was singing along with them. Like I said, the crowd was hot for this entire thing. Uh, But it was just a weird way to end this event. Uh, I I went to a a house show at the Wheeling Civic Center once,
1: and John Cena, Cena, Kane, and Daniel Bryan ended the show by
0: singing... um, uh take me home country roads by uh john denver nice that's a good song that's a good song and they know and in that area it might make a little bit more sense but american pie in cardiff wales was just kind of head scratching to me yes um, yeah
1: and let me say i i um i think i mentioned before i'm doing a fantasy pick not watched a split second of wwe television since wrestlemania i got everything right
0: yeah that's that is impressive
1: and that includes me going with the underdogs and the Seth Rollins. I picked Seth Rollins over Riddle and I put, picked Rey Mysterio and Edge over the other guys. Right. Uh, and, believe, and this is out of 16 people, 16 votes. So believe it or not, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, that was
0: 50-50. And yeah, I mean, that's because there was a lot of debate as to what was going to happen there. And I mean... At the end of the day, although the match quality was certainly above what you would get at the Saudi shows, this is still could be argued as kind of got to be a, a glorified house show because, I mean, there was no title changes here. And, you know, it was just kind of, they wanted Pete fans to go home happy to a certain extent. I mean, I guess if you really wanted them to go home happy, you would have had Drew McIntyre win. But you yeah. know, they wanted it to be a crowd pleasing event overall, I think. So um, let me know what you think of my recap in the comments. Here again, we are going to bring you another recap of a recent event, and that would be AEW's All Out 2022, which took place on September 4th, 2022, at the Now Arena in Chicago. And this event obviously got a lot of attention for a lot of reasons, but before that, we're not inside the ring. Right. But before we get there, let me just go over the card itself. And so you would see a number of matches on their zero-hour show before the pay-per-view. I did not watch all of those, but you would have uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello in a mixed tag against Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Uh, Guevara and Mello would win that. And Guevara and Melo have the mixed-tag AAA championship belts, which before they held them, I had no idea even existed. Uh, Yes. But Ruby Soho allegedly broke her nose in this match, so I hope she gets better soon. Um, Uh After that, you would have Hook defeating Angelo Parker by submission for the FTW championship. After that, you would have Pac defeating Kip Sabian by pinfall for the AEW All-Atlantic championship. And then you would have the second meeting between Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. And that match would be about 13 minutes. And uh, Eddie Kingston would win that one. And, I love
1: Ishii's nickname of the Stone Pit Bull.
0: Yes. And, you know, Ishii's matches are always really, really great to watch. Um, the main card would start with the casino ladder match. And that would involve Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler, Uda, Penta, El Cero, Miedo, uh, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade, El Idolo, and Dante Martin, and of course, the Joker. So this match was fine for what it was to start with. You know, I gave it, I ended up giving it three stars because they had some normal ladder match stuff going on, some good spots, You know, th- you know, that they were setting up. But then the Joker came out. And the Joker came out with a mask on, and you would see another manager in AEW, Stokely Hathaway, along with a bunch of other people come out in uh, black outfits and hoods. They would all reveal their hoods. You would see uh, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Colton Gunn, Austin Gunn, and uh, W. Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass, come out. And they would basically hand the winning, the the winner of this match gets a title shot. So they would hand that, Winning poker chip to the Joker, um, who would be in a mask and you didn't know who it was right away, and they wouldn't reveal it until the end. So it was kind of an awkward way to start this event because you see the guy win and is announced as the winner, but we don't know who it is. So that's why I would kind of go three stars with uh this particular one.
1: But they, but they did say who it
0: was, right? Because I now, no. So when Justin Roberts announced the winner, he awkwardly announced it. He said the winner is the Joker. And so the guy left in a mask and you didn't know who it was right away you had to watch the whole event to figure out who it was eventually because the person who won would come out at the very end
1: okay well i because i know who, who it was right and, exactly yeah um, and
0: everybody, everybody knows it was mjf and i yeah. assumed it might be mjf but at the time you know you don't know we don't know where Wyndham rotunda is so <laughs> so it could have been other people Wendon oh, I... Ricando looks a bit different than MJF. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. He's got a few
1: more pounds on him.
0: Yes, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, well, next... you know,
1: I I did a fancy you know pick them with this as well. This is twelve people doing it. I got the entire undercard right. The the whole zero hour.
0: Okay. I got that
1: correct. I chose uh, Claudio Castagnoli to win this because I know that they are pushing him, right. and most people took the Joker. And, again, this is me maybe not watching AEW, but apparently the Joker always wins.
0: It, it does happen a lot. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, because there's... It may not be always,
1: but it's it's a majority
0: yeah. of the time. It does happen a lot, yes. Um, yeah. So the match after this would be the finals for the Trios Championship, which is long overdue in AEW um, because there's so many, uh, you know, three-man mm-hmm. teams. So we would have the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Going against Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order, consisting of Alex Reynolds and John Silver, uh, this match would be just a ha- shade under 20 minutes, and the Elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks would win, uh, as was probably expected here. But it was a really good match. The uh, the Dark Order did did really well, and Hangman Adam Page. We kind of I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be in this, but they were. They found a way to kind of shoehorn him in uh, in a way that made sense and added drama. So I gave this one three and three quarter stars. Um, you know, just a bunch of guys that really know how to work in the ring. Um, so it was cool to see that happen. Um, after this, you would see a singles match for the AEW TBS championship. You would have Jade Cargill against Athena and, uh, you know, Jade Cargill comes out sporting a different hair style, I guess, you know, well, basically just taking off the blonde wig, uh, to reveal her natural hair. Um, and she would win this match in about four minutes and 20 seconds uh not really a surprise here athena is really good in the ring but jake cargill is a very big kind of muscular dominating looking woman so it's going to take somebody kind of special to uh i guess defeat her unless they want to do it in a way where she kind of moves to the main women's title so we'll see what happens there but she's 37 to zero right now um heading for goldberg's record baby Who yeah, that's knows? what i'm gonna
1: say they're goldberging her
0: <laughs> yeah um after this, you would see a six-man tag match with Wardlow and FTR against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns from Impact, uh, one of the one of the uh, special occasions where they get somebody from another promotion uh, to come over. Uh, Impact's deal kind of ended long ago, but I guess they're still working very nicely together. And it was cool to see the Motor City Machine Guns here. Um, and Wardlow and FTR would win this match. Um, again, it was a really good match. Uh, FTR, I love. The Motor City Machine Guns are very underrated. Uh, as is Jay lethal to a large degree. Um, and in a really cool um, kind of turn, they would have, um, you know, a, a little girl come out who uh, I guess Sanjay Dutt had insulted or called a brat, and she came out, and uh, you know, they helped her beat beat up Sanjay Dutt, which was nice. fun to watch. So after this, you would have, Powerhouse Hobbs against Ricky Starks. And I wasn't sure what they were going to do here because Ricky Starks is somebody they want to push. And Powerhouse Hobbs is kind of one of those big muscular guys that they also are high on. But they had Powerhouse Hobbs win here in pretty decisive fashion. Um, So that was pretty cool to see. Um, They, you know, the team Taz has kind of completely been split up. And they have all these guys going in their own separate directions, which is which is neat to see. So, uh, this is the second match that I got incorrect. I went with Starks because, as you said, I know they're pushing him. Although I really like Hobbs, right? <laughs> I would have I would have voted for for Starks here too. So I would have gotten that wrong as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I really like Hobbs. I almost went with Hobbs because I like him. But then I was like, yeah, I mean, they're pushing Starks, so that's the second match I've got wrong so far.
0: Right. Well, the next match is for the AEW World Tag Team titles, and it is Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against the acclaimed of Anthony Bowens and Max Castor. Billy Gunn is with them, and uh, this match would be 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, really good match, and they are definitely, um, you know, oh, by the way, the FTR-Wardlow Jay Lethal match with the Motor Shitty Machine Guns, uh, I would give, give that match probably three and a quarter, three and a half stars. The Jade and Athena match two and three quarter stars. Um, And the Hobbs and Starks match two stars uh, because it was short, basically. The uh, Swerve and Keith Lee match against the Acclaimed, I gave four stars. Um, They're definitely going for the long storyline with Swerve and Keith Lee, who they drop hints as not being totally cohesive, but they are the tag team champs. Um, So they're certainly flirting with a future feud there um, and this is one of those cases like this happened a couple times during this AEW event, Chicago like New York is one of those crowds that will always tell you exactly how they feel and it might not yeah. be the way the promoters feel and the, the crowd was very much behind the acclaimed here and wanted to see them win and they did not uh, but it is what it is, it was a good match and I'm sure the acclaimed will have their day uh, but this was one of two major Circumstances where the crowd was not with who won. So the next match we would have with uh, Thunder Rosa injured, we would have an interim AEW women's champion crowned, and we would have Jamie Hader against Tony Storm, against Dr. Britt Baker, against, uh, excuse me, Hikaru Shida, and in a uh, four way match. And this is the other match that the crowd was very much for Jamie Hader. And and I I totally understand why, because she's kind of more of a homegrown talent. Um, looks good, really aggressive in the ring, but she did not win. They had been grooming Tony Storm to win this match. Dr. Britt Baker has kind of already had her moment in the sun, so I'm sure they'll get back around to her. Um, but uh, yeah, so they had Tony Storm win here because they're definitely wanting to revisit the Thunder Rose to Tony Storm feud as their friends and tag partners and all that. Um, so it was cool to see Tony Storm win here. And, you know, she was it, she was half emotional and half kind of, I think, maybe a little surprised by the fact that the crowd wanted somebody else to win. Um, but it is what it is. It happens. So uh, this this was also, uh, you know, decent work. All these women do really good work in the ring. So I gave this one three and a half stars. Um, after this, you would have Christian against Jungle Boy and. I gave it a star and a half because it wasn't really a match per se. Um, Christian apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently he has an injury that is considered fairly serious. So they kind of did, uh, you know, a big schmazz fest here with uh, Luchasaurus coming out and turning on Jungle Boy, and in something that looked extremely gruesome, he choke slams him onto a steel grate by the stage area, and like you can see, like the grill marks down Jungle Boy's back. Ooh. because it looked super painful super painful um, was there a winner
1: to this one or did they yes, get drunk?
0: christian one. christian, christian Juan. okay yeah, they, well then i got
1: that one correct and that is the only i believe upset of the night as yeah. far as the pick'em goes most people had jungle boy in this i i i think my theory on all this is christian's the name
0: yeah well yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think maybe they would have gone the other way if Christian was completely healthy, but who knows? Um, I'm sure they're going to revisit it again. Uh, again, you know, AEW, um, you know, for all that people might not like about them, they do have really long storylines, patient, drawn-out storylines, and I'm sure this one's going to continue as well because they're very high on Jungle Boy, um, and, you know, I'm sure we'll see that happen at some point for him. So um, the next match, we would have Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, specifically American Dragon versus Lionheart. Um, You would have Chris Jericho come out with the Lionheart music and the Lionheart gear, which was fun. Um, I might be being a little bit generous here. I gave this one four stars. Um, I thought that they did really well together. Uh, Chris Jericho obviously is not in the shape he once was, but he can still do really good in the ring when he wants to. Brian Danielson is still excellent in the ring. And uh, they had had Jericho win here, which uh, I was surprised by. I'm sure that was
1: one I missed. So I've missed yeah. three so far, and that was another underdog. Most people went with Danielson. Only eight percent went with Jericho, in the pick of my men. And I almost went with Jericho because Jer- Jericho is, seems to be one of those guys in AEW that just always, always wins. Right. But I figured if he would job to anybody, he would job to Danielson.
0: And I'm sure he will. Again, I'm sure they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna save. You know, maybe Danielson's victory for for one of the TV events. If if I had to guess. Um, it can happen, happened similar with a different opponent Danielson had recently. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, this was a very good match, I, I thought. So at this point in the event, I was starting to get very tired. This is a this very
1: long show, show. especially if yeah. you include the zero if, hour. If I,
0: yeah, if I could list a fault, it would be that this was not only was it a long show, which is okay, but this was a weekend with met so much wrestling there was smackdown and rampage on friday then you had clash at the castle on saturday and on sunday you had uh, nxt world collide and then going right into All out so there was a lot of wrestling here um but let me get to this event so it was sting and darby allen and miro versus the house of black uh this was Probably one of the more underappreciated matches of the card. Uh I gave it three and a half stars. Uh I thought it was really, really well done. Um Sting and Darby and Miro won this match. Um just to- I got that
1: one right. And that was another one where they were the underdogs per the voting in the fantasy pickup.
0: Yeah, and who knows what's gonna happen with uh, you know, with uh, you know, Alistair Black, Malachi Black here. Apparently he wants his release, they're not giving it to him. Um It's a shame. Uh, You know, I don't know that he's ever going to get the position he wants in a company unless he sticks around a little bit, but uh, you know, I hope he stays around in AEW because I like house of black. I think that they're a cool faction. So we'll see uh, what happens there. The main event would be John Moxley, the AEW world champion against CM Punk. And I gave this one three and three quarter stars. Um, The storyline going in here was that, you know, Punk lost very quickly because of his injured foot. He has gotten his motivation back here due to uh, Ace Steel, his friend, um, kind of coming in and motivating him. And so being that we're in Chicago, CM Punk comes out with a victory. And it was a good match. Kind of an expected outcome um, because we're in Chicago And I, you know, I figured that if they were going to go with this rematch, that they would have CM Punk win and they did. It was a good match. And I will just say when it ended, I was excited to see where CM Punk's reign would go um, for many reasons to see who else they would put against him. But then, of course, the Joker would come out and reveal himself to be MJF, who now has a title shot. And that's where the money is. Yeah because they need to put that belt on MJF. They need to have him be the chicken shit heel that everybody is chasing. It's money. He's a great promo. He's great in the ring. That's what they need to do. And they might be doing that faster than they initially expected to now. Um, So before we run out of time here, let's just get to the events that happen afterwards. But before that, I'll just say AEW All Out was a very entertaining event. A lot of really good matches on there. The zero hour, the main card itself, it was just very long in a weekend with a lot of wrestling. Um, some of their booking is obviously a little odd because of injuries, because of maybe wanting to play it out a little bit longer. Uh, but I overall, I liked the event. Unfortunately, it is kind of overshadowed now by the media scrum that took place afterwards with many different talent but specifically CM Punk um, and Tony Khan. And so let me just say this. When the comments that CM Punk was making were about Colt Cabana, I didn't have any issue with those comments. That is what it is. That's a long situation that has been playing out long before AEW. So his comments about Colt Cabana were what they were. Where it goes sour, however, is where CM Punk started to badmouth the um, people that worked behind the scenes, the EVPs of AEW specifically, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and he called Hangman Adam Page an idiot. Um, I understand where CM Punk's frustration is coming from with all the misinformation that's out there on the dirt sheets, as they've been uh, dubbed. Uh, I understand that. However, by calling out these people like he did, sitting right next to Tony Khan, that's a problem. Now, tangent, some people were claiming that this might be a work, that we're all being worked. I think now with all the information that's come out, all the details about the backstage fight that happened, I don't think it's a work at this point. Um, this seems to very be a very legit situation. Um, when CM Punk was finished with his comments, he went back and he and Ace Steel got you know, got into a confrontation with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. There were no cameras. I weren't, wasn't there to see who started it. I only know what I read. That's neither here nor there. The fight was what it was. I'm kind of concentrating on my opinion about the comments. And if these comments weren't to work, if he was legitimately saying how he felt right next to the boss of the company, then Tony Khan has some serious consequences to dish out here. Um, I love CM Punk. I really do. I think he's really great in the ring, great on the the mic. I would love to see him stay. There are matches that we haven't seen yet in AEW with him that I would love to see. However, Tony Khan, let's keep in mind now, before we trash him, he's a young promoter. He's a young promoter who is still learning this craft. So, but he, if CM Punk was legit here, then I don't see how he can escape this unscathed, Leonard. I really don't.
1: Well, I think it was highly unprofessional of him. It was, but, but he did it because he knew he could get away with it. Either so he, knew he yes get away with it, or he or if he got fired, he didn't care. Would he have done that sitting next to Vince McMahon? No, not in a million years. He thinks Tony Khan's a joke, and I think a lot of other people do as as well. Uh, from what I've heard and read, not just in the general wrestling stratosphere, but in that company. And the two camps seem to be getting further and further apart. The the Kenny Omega, Young Buck, EVP grouping, and everybody else. And uh, I do think, as I said, it's unprofessional what Punk said. I wouldn't have said it that way. Funny thing is, and I did listen to these comments and there's a video where you can watch. It's Punk talking, and you can see Khan's reactions to it.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I saw that as well. And
1: and, and it's hilarious because he looks like he's a cross between going to cry and throw up at the same time.
0: Yeah, because it starts out with him just kind of defending what he was saying about Cole Cabana, which was that Punk had nothing and to do with punk Cole tells Cabana him to... going to
1: ROH. Well, he interrupts him. He doesn't really tell him. I almost say tell him to shut up. He
0: does not in so many words, but he interrupts right. him
1: because he knows he can't.
0: And and so that's the thing. And I'll play devil's advocate here just a little bit. Tony Khan, like I said, he's new at this and he hasn't had as many years in the business being the be all end all like Vince McMahon did. Um, And so the I'm assuming this is all new to him, these kind of backstage issues. So but nonetheless, he needs to establish control. And if he were now I'm going to post this before dynamite, but if he were to come on dynamite and say CM punk has to go, I, I would, I would be okay with that simply because of how unprofessional this was. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Allegedly Nick Jackson got hit in the eye with a chair. Like it's just, just craziness, craziness. Um, And there's been a lot of craziness in AEW recently. So you know, with MJF's contract and all that, we don't know what's a work and what's not at this point. Apparently AEW isn't talking about anything leading up to dynamite. So we have no idea what's going to happen. I've read that there might be suspensions coming. Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm definitely going to tune into dynamite simply because they have me on the edge of my seat, if nothing else. So (laughs) it, it, I'm, I'm anxious to see, Uh, but the all out, was an entertaining event um and you know eric bischoff said in in a short clip you know about cm punk's comments you know he better have had a good reason for doing it or you know he's like if i was the promoter cm punk would have never would never go out again after something like that and it's, it's hard to it's hard to defend his comments right or wrong his opinion uh so uh, any final thoughts there, Leonard, before we sign off? Yeah. Well, you know, I, a lot of guys I listen to, I listen
1: to Jim Cornette talk about him. Oh, even God. Not Jim Cornette. Well, even though he cackled and laughed and and was like, go, go, punk, he did go into the Bischoff camp where he said, yeah, you, I wouldn't. Technically, depending on the situation, if we had a guy like that, you know, it, it wasn't going to go down that way. Right.
0: Well, Let us know what you thought of AEW's All Out and uh, the media scrum afterwards. Uh, Please let us know in the comments and check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. For Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time.